Hey y'all, welcome to the Anxiety Warriors podcast. We are your hosts, Margo and Abby. We are friends, teachers, and storytellers, but above all, we're anxiety warriors on a mission to raise awareness and understanding about anxiety and mental health. You will hear honest, engaging, and joyful stories from us and many other anxiety warriors about living with anxiety. If you're seeking a space to laugh, connect, feel inspired and empowered, and learn valuable tips rooted in mindfulness and more, your warrior community is here for you. Join us as we navigate this journey of life together. Welcome back, warriors. Yeah. Woohoo. Yippee. Woohoo. We are talking about some hella awkward shit today. Ooh, cringy. Super cringe, or at least we find it super cringe. Yeah. What are we talking about today, Ab? Ugh, we're talking about the small things of small talk and how it makes us anxious. You have talked a lot about this since literally our first episode. Yeah. I don't even remember that, but I I believe you. And yeah, it is something that is very uncomfortable, even like thinking about it right now. Like I don't feel anxious very often when you and I are podcasting. Oh, I thought you you were saying, I don't feel anxious very often. I was like, who are you fooling girl? (laughs) I I'm a ball of anxiety, but when you and I are podcasting, I'm not usually, but the idea of thinking about small talk or like thinking about like you and I doing small talk, right? Like just, I know it just gives me anxiety. I didn't even think about that. Small talk with like friends, like good friends. What is that? I'm like, cut the crap. Let's just get to whatever we want to talk about. Right. The substance, the meat. Like, I don't know. I didn't even, I don't, it's so rare when I think about small talk with people that I'm in like really strong relationships with. So I'm going to have to sit with that. I don't know that I've ever had that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess it's, well, no, I mean, you know, it would like family members and stuff. Sometimes it starts off with some small talk Mm. and I'm like, no, let's get, let's go. Let's go. Come on. I don't care about the weather. I don't care. Right. Well, it's a good thing that your family has you to just cut the cut yeah. the bullshit. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, here we go. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. All right. So like, tell me more, what kinds of stuff comes up for you when you, I mean, you're giving us so much imagery more. already. <laughs> like, does he do small talk? Um, okay. Um, all right. So here's the thing. I feel like small talk and social anxiety together are uh, just a hot mess of crazy anxiety for me, right? Mm-hmm. Because like social anxiety, like going into a place, meeting new people, right? And then like all the like pleasantries. Hi, I'm Abby. Oh, Margo, nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Ugh! Right? <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like, I have like chills and like the disgust of it's like it just feels so mundane it just feels so superficial Mm, right inauthentic yeah and it's like fake connecting it's like when you go to the grocery store and they're like how are you doing today you have to say okay or fine right right? imagine if you dumped it on them (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm actually having a really hard day today I'm super super anxious I just feel like shutting down right they'd be like whoops I'm not gonna ask people how they are today (laughs) like paper or plastic lady (laughs) (laughs) right 
Right. So it's like, sometimes feels like when, when I go into different environments where I don't know people, right. Mm -hmm. The small talk is inevitable in getting to know each other, but it just feels disconnected to me. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like a means of connecting, but it doesn't feel like connecting. Like I'd rather like dive right in and be like, so what makes you smile? What lights you up? You know, what are some hobbies? right? Not what do you do? What do you do? Like being defined by the work in society just makes me want to cringe. And also like, I'm a kids yoga mindfulness and uh, a kids yoga and mindfulness teacher. Like you have so much explaining to do because it's yeah. not like I'm an accountant, right? right. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> right. No and offense like, accountants. No, but it's just easy. You say accountant, we understand what you mean. Right. Right. But we say kids yoga and mindfulness teacher. And so many people might have so many different ideas about it. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to get thrown into the mix of other types of kids yoga teachers that I don't agree with how they teach yoga. Right. And so there's that part. Like I need to, I need to explain what I do, but do they care? I don't know. But then the other part of the small talk that really gets me is the talking about myself. That makes me feel so uncomfortable. Like, uh, you know, like I can do a little bit, but I always try to reflect and go back to the other person and then just mm. ask them questions because people usually like talking about themselves. Right. And so then you just keep throwing questions at them so they can talk about themselves and they feel good. And I feel the pressure of like, like the pressure taken off of like having to talk about myself. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel all of that, (laughs) all of that really hard. Yeah. When I think of small talk, I think of the approach too. like, it's everything you said, but then Mm -hmm. I would just add that it's the making of the eye contact. It's Mm. the approach to the person or persons it's what about like handshakes? Oh my God. I was just going to say that like salutations, right? I mean, those types of is it physical contact? Is it just eye contact? Is it a wave? Is it a fist bump? Is it a hug? How well do I know this person? Do I know this person? You yes. know what I mean? So a lot of overthinking for me goes in too, before I enter into, it's, it's awkward before <laughs> I even have a chance to feel awkward in the small talk. Yes. Right. Right. How am I standing? Is it okay with my hand on my head? Right. Um, yeah. like, <laughs> like, I mean, just all of the things. I'm so glad you said the handshake too, because that stuff was all awkward pre-pandemic, but post-pandemic, I'm like, nobody touched me. Like, and a lot of people go in for it now. I know. They're back at it. I know. I'm like, I don't know. You know, we got COVID, we got monkeypox, polio's going around New York now. Like, don't touch me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You need, you need a shirt that just says, don't touch me. Yes. <laughs> noted. Noted. You got a birthday coming up. <laughs> just don't touch me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, it feels, uh, it feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like, and as somebody who also has social anxiety and sensory issues and I don't mind a handshake, I don't mind a hug, but like sometimes it depends on the person. And it also, it, it's too bad that there isn't sort of like a, there's no way to find out what the other person wants from me either yet. Right. right? What kind of greeting do they want? Maybe that sometimes it's nice and easy. If they make it really apparent, they put their hand out. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're seeking a handshake. They open their arms. Okay. They're seeking a hug. That doesn't mean I'm going to offer it to them. Right. Or I, I mean, but is it, 
then what? What if a person right. opens their arms to you? Do you just say, no, thanks. I'm good. Mm, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. just shut it down completely. Right. So like, but I feel like all, all these things come up more often when you're with people new. Yeah. When you're with people you do not see very often. Yeah. Right. And so like, when I think of small talk, that's where my head goes, because as I mentioned off the top, when you taught, when I was like, wait a second, I don't know that I've ever had true small talk with people that are like staples in my life. Mm. Right. And so like, I have sort of this, like, this is how I define small talk is Mm -hmm. any conversation that's with someone that I don't know well or at all, or that I don't see like hardly ever. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what are like the small talk? I mean, you've mentioned weather and work. Are there other small talk topics? Like what are the small talk topics that like are like no goes for you? Yeah. I feel like those are like the first two off the bat. And like, I feel like weather isn't talked about as much when I'm just like meeting totally brand new people. But, but like when I think about the weather talk, it's like my grandparents lived in a different state from me. Right. And I only saw them a handful of times a year. And a lot of our relationship would develop through the phone. Right. And like not even cell phones and stuff. This is like back in the day. Right. So, you know, I remember like in my teenage years, my grandparents would call and I would talk to them, but it always, for me, was a little bit of resistance because I knew I would have to do stuff like, so how's the weather there? And, you know, like, (laughs) it's like, no, I'm your grandchild. You're my grandparents. Let's talk about better stuff than this. Right. But I never said that to them because I didn't want to offend them. Right. And so like when I think about like conversations like the weather, I think about that as like family members that I don't see and talk to that much who I love. Mm. Right. And we have to like ease into the conversation. I'm like, no, let's just get in it. Like, let's be in the middle of the conversation. Not let's not ease in. Right. Like, I don't care about the weather. I care about say that to people. No, no, no. I Well, okay. I think I've said that to like my parents. I think I've said like, I I'm very blunt with my parents. Right. I'm very, I'm like, I don't like that. Let's not do that. (laughs) I'm sorry if that upsets you, but you know, but it causes me a lot of anxiety. I don't know if it's my ADHD. I don't know if it's anxiety. Um, I don't know if it's like impatience waiting to get to like the, the meat of the conversation. Right. So it's like one way with like people I know, acquaintances, you know, where it's like easing into the conversation. Yeah. Um, Another thing that used to come up, especially like around my college years when I would come back from college uh, was I hated getting the same questions repeatedly. Mm. You know, like how is college? What classes are you taking? What are you learning? And like the first time around, it's fun talking about it, but then it just feels like a rote response that I'm not connected to because I'm getting like, I wanted to like, you know, I, back in the day, it would have been great to make like an Instagram reel answering those (laughs) questions and then just like sending them to everyone who's going to ask. So then we can go to the next part of the conversation. You know? (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. So it's like, it's those things. It's like saying the same you know, getting the same questions over is, is, is very hard for me to stay connected to answering. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I do it. I'm not like a total blunt biatch to everyone I talk to. Right. Like I'll repeat the same thing, but on the inside, I'm like restless and cringing and just like want to get out of my body because it's so mundane. It's so draining. It's so 
you know, just not enjoyable having the same exact conversation. Right. Mm, But I think like the one that, that really just gets me the most is what do you do? Because for me, I don't like being in a society that defines us by our work. Right. Right. So I really like in the, in my late twenties, I just started flipping the conversation before someone could ask me what I do. I'd be like, so what lights you up? What's your passion? What are your hobbies? What makes you smile and go that way. Right. Cause it's not like I didn't want to talk about what I did, but I didn't want that to be the label and the defining moment in the conversation and then have like, Ooh, so what does it mean to work with children on the spectrum? It's like, yeah, I say, I answered that all the time in my twenties. Right. Like let's, let's, you know, I'll probably get to that being my passion, working with children with a variety of needs, but like, let's not define it by being a teacher in a school. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I love that. It's, it's what you're seeking and the same is true for me is an actual connection with people. Yes. Although sometimes I feel like I'm just trying to imagine my younger self being asked the questions that you just said, <laughs> like what lights you up and like, what makes you smile? And it's like, part of me feels like, ah, oh, like my 40 year old self. Ugh, I didn't love just saying that. Let's <laughs> be real. That's new. Wowza. <laughs> My 40 year old self is like, I love those questions. I would love to get Mm -hmm. those. But like thinking back to even just my 35 year old self, my 30 year old self, I'm like, oh, depending on the person asking those questions, I'd be like, who the fuck are you? I'm going to tell you what makes me smile or what lights me up. But like knowing you, right, I can appreciate that. I know that those questions are coming from an authentic place. And I would think that anyone that would just boldly ask them would be like, wow, that person just that's who they are, right? Yeah. What they really want from a, you know, a connection with me, even if it's brief in this moment. Right. Um, Because I mean, that's the other thing is like, if I'm never going to see you again, right? Like we're not meeting because we're going to become friends. We're just in a place together, having some type of random conversation. And then we're going to leave and never see each other again. I would Mm -hmm. rather that conversation feel connected than mundane. Sure. Right. And so that, I mean, at least, you know, I, I feel like I read the room too. Like sometimes, you know, I do conform and I'm like, so what do you do? You know, what do you do? (laughs) What do you do on the weekends? You know, (laughs) (laughs) oh my God. But I can sound so creepy. I know. (laughs) Where can I find you? (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) No. Otherwise, it's just like, I know where you live. I know where to find you. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, but like I, I conform, right. It's not, I read the room. I feel like I get the vibe, but I always, not always. That's I try to have more meaningful conversations with, with the people I'm interacting with so that it just leaves me feeling better rather than depleted. Yeah. And hopefully them too. Um, right. What are your, so you asked me like the phrases and for me, like the one that I just dislike the most is like, what do you do? You know? I'm like, oh, well, I do improv, right? Like, or, oh, I do, you know, like, like, I don't say the job at first. Um, But so for you, what are some of your labels or your questions? Yeah, it's those, it's those as well, right? It's the mundane ones. Like, what do you do for work? What do you do for work? Right. It's like, you go back and forth. Each of you spits out your, even if you have a really interesting job, unless it's something I'm like desperate to know about, like, I don't really have a fuck ton of follow-up questions, most likely. (laughs) Right. Right. So like, and you might have follow-up questions for me, but, or you might pretend like you do just to sort of keep the conversation going and not take it deeper. And so like, I, I very much appreciate what you said about that stuff. Um, another big one is people asking or thinking it's acceptable to ask about family in, in small talk. 
I feel like, you know, uh, my husband and I, Adam, I don't know why I called him my husband. I, I know that you and most of our regular listeners know Adam, but like we get asked a lot about having kids or. Oh, that know, I didn't know what you meant by family. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I just, and even just with my existing family, like, I don't really think that that's small talk material, you know? And I think some people think that asking about family or family planning or family intentions feels like small talk for them. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's always felt like extremely unsmall talk that, yes. that, that feels like personal talk. Yes. And typically speaking, I'm very open about my child free by choice status, mm-hmm. but a lot of folks are not right. Or, or they have reasons that they don't have children that are very, very sensitive to them. And so mm-hmm. I've always been extra empathetic and sensitive to those women. I've had, you know, conversations and relationships with many of them who find questions like that to be, um, insensitive. Yes. And I always, that's one of the biggest triggers for me is when people think it's cool to just ask about their family plans mm-hmm. because that in my view is just unacceptable. Air quotes, yeah. small talk. Oh my God. I mean, totally. I, I haven't had that in a while, but in my thirties, right. In late twenties, when I was with my ex at the time, we were together five and a half years. We got that question a lot. And you know what? We weren't having kids cause he wasn't ready to commit. Yeah. Do I want to keep telling that to people that like, right. I'm just meeting, right? Like, yeah. Oh, are you planning to get married? Are you going to have kids? Oh, well, I'm waiting for him to be ready. You know, <laughs> he has marriage these- is the same thing. Yeah. It's marriage yeah, I'm, too. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And I feel like, and even with, I'm always talking to a lot of our friends that have one or two children and it's always, when's the next kid coming, yeah. right? It's just like, this isn't small talk. You're no. asking deeply personal questions. And to your point about like, let's take it to the meat and the substance and actually connect, maybe let the person find their way to that part of their life. If they want to share that with yes. you. Yeah. But like asking it, or I would, that's the kind of question that I would never ask an individual. And I, I can appreciate that that isn't really out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about it now mm-hmm. because I feel like more people need to know that these topics are not small talk topics. No. And so no. if anyone out there listening has used this type of questioning in their small talk, you know, you may want to sit with that or sit yeah. with what I'm saying, even if it makes you uncomfortable and think, huh. Right. I wonder if I've ever made someone uncomfortable with asking them that thinking that it was very passive and normal. Right. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Maybe so at like one point big... it was, but it's not normal anymore. It's, it's it not should have been normal. It never should have been. But, you know, when we're, you know, barefoot in the kitchen, can't go out to work. Right. What else are we useful for rather than, you know, popping out babies, right. Domestic mm. supply of babies for our country. So. Oh God, that's another rabbit hole. We're not diving into <laughs> no, in this no, episode. No, we are not. That maybe needs its own episode. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what comes up. So, all right. So when you are in these moments of small talk, like I told you how, like, I want to like get out of my body and run, right? Like that's the way it feels. It just feels like just pure anxiety coursing through my body. Right. Um, mm-hmm. How does it feel in your body? It mostly feels it's, it's discomfort. But mm-hmm. depending on how the small talk's going, I'm, I'm mostly just scanning for exits. I'm like looking yeah. around for how to get out of this conversation yes. and how do I gently get out of it without yeah. being offensive to the person that I'm talking to or the people that I'm talking to. And so it's yeah. like, it's the planning that goes on in my mind of like, 
there's a person over there that I'd rather be talking to. I'm going to start to wrap this up in the next couple of minutes so I can go over there and try to mm-hmm. you know, get involved with that or with that person, or I'm going to make my way to the bathroom or get, go to the refreshment table or like whatever situation I'm in. Right. Um, and so I, yeah, it's a lot of scanning and looking yes. around for my exit strategy. Yes. Oh my God. Or, or I similarly to what you said, ask something. Typically I don't ask. Sometimes I'll, I'll ask a question to get them. Cause like you said, the people like to talk about themselves more often though, if I want to take things deeper, I'll tell a story, right. Mm-hmm. I'll get involved with, um, something that's a little bit more connective or personal going on with me, right. To try to make the connection that way. And so more often than not, the other person is then more eager or willing or open to not only listen and maybe bear witness, right. But also to be able to share that they relate or that they had a similar experience and maybe they offer up their own story about a a circumstance. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what goes on for me. It's like the no, discomfort's I, there. But, yeah. Uh, those are my, those are my like plans of exit. Either make it deeper by being more open and vulnerable and sharing something that I feel like this person maybe will be willing to receive. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, as you said, like read the room, read the energy of the person. Do I need an exit strategy or can I try to, you know, salvage this conversation by bringing it to a deeper place yeah. for more connection? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can totally relate to like both those things. Um, But then the other part is like when you were talking about the like you sharing the story, like I like that because it's a switch. It goes from like the small talk being transactional, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, we're both here. I'll tell you what I do. Now you tell me what you do and then I will say something back and then you will say something back, right? And it switches that from the transactional conversation that feels just very rote from society to really just wholeheartedly connected, right? Because when people tell stories, that's when I feel like I know them. Even if the story is about their work, it's not like, I'm a teacher, Right. It's like, oh, you know, I go I to love work every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You do this amazing switch when you go into the, 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 the figment, the personification in your mind of the yeah. small talk person sounds yeah. like this. <laughs> Which is terrible because if I really did that type of small talk in real life, that would be so entertaining. What do you do for a living? <laughs> I'm a teacher. <laughs> that sounds very interesting. <laughs> and what about you? Well, thank you for asking. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Off the rails. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I, I just, I had to acknowledge. It was amazing. No, thank you. And You're I welcome. will definitely be listening to this again and enjoying it during editing. <laughs> um, but- but what you're saying is what I what I really like is is the ability to find a way to connect because we're humans in the space together, right? Why not find a way to share our humanness without it being transactional? Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oy. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so how do you you talked about like the scanning and stuff? Like is there any other like, you know how I said like I ask questions, you know, Another thing that's allowed me to feel just more comfortable in small talk is improv. And I haven't taken improv classes in a while, stupid pandemic, but that 
really gave me the confidence to go into a small talk conversation, knowing that I could flow with it much better because of the like improv skills I had gotten. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, so it's kind of the stuff that I had said already, like telling stories about myself or about the week that, or the day that I'm having something Mm -hmm. specific, you know, whatever, something that maybe even feels a little bit like personal or vulnerable. That's on Mm -hmm. my own terms, right? Right. It's like, I'm sharing because I want to, and then that person can follow up. Right. Because if I, if I'm telling a story and they have a question that I'm typically willing to answer that question and we can go back and forth. Um, and then of course, making sure, keeping myself safe by scanning for exit points and whatever else, because yeah. let's just be real. Sometimes we need an exit point. Yes. We don't have to stick around in every small talky, uncomfortable situation. We do have the option as adults with agency to exit said uncomfortable conversation. Um, right. but another thing that I like to do is, I guess, first of all, kind of just acknowledge that I'm feeling uncomfortable. It's Mm -hmm. like step one always, right? It's just getting into the awareness of like this interaction or this space feels uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. And so usually once I acknowledge that for myself, I'm able to sort of like sigh it out, right? It's like, okay, Margo, you're experiencing some kind of thing right now. And so what can we do to soothe that thing? Usually Mm -hmm. that's some deep breaths. Usually that's a somatic hold. Usually that's, you know, if I'm in a space where somebody I know is in the space, taking a moment, and even if I'm not making eye contact with that person or they don't even notice me, just focusing on them, right? right? Like, just like, again, it's like a reassurance of like, I'm not in an unsafe place, like physically, right? Even if I feel a little bit unsafe emotionally or vulnerable or open emotionally. Um, And so that's always like, I guess the first thing that I do is just like have the awareness. So then I can, um, if I'm stuck in a situation, know what I got to do next to help myself. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Awareness is the first bit and have a plan in place for whatever comes up next. Yeah. I mean, and when you, when you were talking and I will say too, that sometimes like what you said, improv helps you to, you know, know that you can flow right through a conversation, even if it's uncomfortable, I do spend more time than I ever did with adults. And most of my small talk conversation obviously is with adults because with kids, (laughs) right. And as a kid's yoga teacher, you're just into the conversation. The kid's just sharing with you and you're opening up to them and it's so much easier and less vulnerable somehow. Um, and so with other adults, this is where it was always trickier for me, obviously. And one of the things that actually has made me stronger at it is by being around more adults more often. And so (laughs) I'm in a lot of spaces now where there's a lot of parents, there's a lot of teachers or in the last Mm -hmm. few years. I mean, like I always had coworkers and stuff, but as we've learned in previous episodes, I had very specific boundaries with my coworkers. Like we were friendly, we got along, we collaborated and worked together, but we didn't really have personal relationships, me, just a couple of me with a couple of other people and nobody else in every space I ever worked in. And so I'm slowly coming out of that being around a lot more adults in all different spaces. So just kind of like testing my comfort zone too, has helped me to feel a little bit stronger and navigating even uncomfortable, small talky conversations. And so I actually don't mind talking about weather as an entry point. Like it doesn't, it sounds like it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you because especially if I walk into a class where there's a lot of adults with babies, let's say, Mm -hmm. and 
you know, we're experiencing pretty dry, extreme heat here in New York. And so like, to me, it feels like an obvious relatable entry point for like, oh my gosh, I feel like a sweaty mess just walking in here today. Right. But already what I've said is hopefully disarming. So it's like, I'm talking about the weather, but I'm talking about my experience with the weather. That's different. Right. Right. And so like, I, I actually feel like I understand, I I have empathy for people that want to talk about weather because they maybe assume that it's a universal conversation and that's what makes it small talk, which again, I would think everyone would think sucks, but maybe not. But as an entry point, I don't mind if I bring up the thing that most people think is acceptable, small talk, which it's like, how could somebody be offended by talking about the fact that it's very dry and sunny right now? Right. right? And so I know that at the very minimum, I'm not going to be hurting anyone's feelings by observing nature. Right. But I can come at it from a place of like my experience with it. Yes. And that's a switch right there. Right. Rather than like, how about that weather? Right. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, nice again. It's so good. Everybody needs to employ this voice whenever they think about having small talk. Anytime you want to have small talk with me, call me up and just use the voice. <laughs> it sounds like like Smokey the Bear or something. <laughs> like you're about to give PSA announcements to after school kids. It is just... Don't light forest fires, kids. <laughs> I don't even notice. Like I'm not even really doing it intentionally. It's just like another person within me that it's my small, like Bertha, yeah. anxious Bertha, you know, it's just small yeah. talk. You got this. What's the name? I was going to say Teddy. Okay. Small Teddy. Talk Teddy. I like I just it. Didn't, I didn't like the name, you know, how about small talk, Sally? I don't like that either. I mean, okay. Sally talk like whatever that voice was. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe Sally talks small like talk that. Smokey. There you go. Smokey the small talk the bear. bear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I will say that kids make small talk easier, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because you just dive right into the conversation. You know, it's not like this transactional piece. Um, and I like what you said. It's like an active practice. So the more you're around grownups, it gives you more confidence to navigate the small talk, right? And like, I deal with it. You know, I definitely, I don't like run away screaming when small talk happens, but it definitely, I get uncomfortable on the inside and I have to work with that so that I can focus on the person in front of me. Yeah. Which, you know, it's why I also like, just to bring back one more time to improv, improv so much is because there really is no small talk. They just have you dive right in and be playful. And I really feel like you get to know people based on their playfulness, right? Not how playful they are, but like, like you and I can laugh about this voice. We're being playful right now, right? It shows that we can play together, right? And so that's something like with improv, it's like you cut past all of it and you're just like, okay, how are we in, in playing a game together or something? Yeah, no, it's true. It's like, any kind of class experience, I think might be helpful. Right. I mean, Im- yeah. improv sounds great, but like if you're in some kind of class that where there's speaking involved, some kind of communications class or acting or, you know, I'm sure voice class, who knows? I'm sure there's a lot of them that I'm definitely don't know about, or I'm forgetting, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I would think a lot of, 
as you're saying, interactive and playful environments would hopefully foster that kind of sense of we're not coming in as our serious adult selves. We're coming in here to be uncomfortable. I mean, I would think that even people that are really seasoned at improv struggle sometimes. Right. I know that Hmm? we've been doing our line of work for a very long time. That doesn't mean every day is the same. And right. All of our lesson plans go smoothly. Like hell no, like we're still human beings. We still have lives and baggage and drama. So, you know, I think, uh, it's just good advice is to, to sort of sit with the discomfort, know that it's normal to feel it, start to acknowledge what it feels like for you. What does it look like? What does it sound like? What kinds of things come up in your body, right? In mm-hmm. your thoughts. And then how can you actively practice navigating it, the discomfort? Yeah. Does it, do you need to walk away? Do you need those exit strategies? Do you need to push through it? Do you need to ask some questions that are a little bit deeper or less surfacey? Do you need to be vulnerable and share a story that you think someone might be able to resonate with or have a, a similar story to share? You know, I think this, these are just great practices for folks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff I'm going to be continuing to try. <laughs> So warriors, we hope that you take some time today, this week, at any point, and just reflect a little bit on how this type of anxiety shows up in you. If it does, what are the ways in which small talk presents itself in your daily life, your weekly life? Do you never have small talk? Are you really good and jumping right into the meat of the conversation? Or do you also kind of struggle with this kind of stuff? Um, And if you do, what are some things that you're actively practicing to help you navigate it and move through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, for me, there's the social anxiety and then there's the anxiety of small talk and together they're a little bit stronger, but they're also different, like separate, different feelings. Totally. And so, yeah. Can I just go back to the handshake thing for a second? Oh yeah, totally. I just want to say that like bad handshakes are the worst. Yeah. That I'm like immediately turned off by a person if I feel like they gave me a shitty handshake. Like I did meet someone recently. <laughs> I will say, like in a you know, it was a it was a like a gathering. We didn't really know anybody there, um, except for a couple of our friends that were hosting the gathering. And a person who I was being introduced to extended their hand in such a way that I thought, oh, okay, it was a male. Yeah. Um, I extended my hand and then he gave me his four fingers and let his thumb just like hang out. It was like a, he gave me his hand as if like he you were bowed and kissed or something. Yeah. Right. I was, it was yeah. just, and I, so I wound up hugging his four fingers with my hand. <laughs> it was the worst. And it just, Adam and I had a whole conversation on the way home about it because <laughs> it was so uncomfortable, super uncomfortable. The people if you're going to extend your hand for handshakes before you meet someone, when you're meeting someone, give them a hand, give them a firm handshake. Don't hurt their hand, but show them that you mean business with your hand. Yeah. To a certain extent. Yeah. And if they reject you for handshaking, know that one, it might be because of COVID or whatever new virus we got spreading around or two, maybe they have anxiety and they have sweaty hands. That's another reason I don't like shaking hands when I'm having social anxiety and I have sweaty hands shaking hands with someone else is like, just intensifies the sweaty hands and the anxiety. Hmm. That's a really good point. Yeah. Okay. That was a quick aside. Yep. (laughs) So Abby, do you have a win of the week? Win of the week. Um, I do. So it hasn't happened yet. It's coming up. 
Mm. So our former guest, Sarah, right? Ooh. I mentioned how we met her or I met her through a coaching program. She just happened to live in Denver. Uh, I struggle with making friends in Colorado because I moved out here and I didn't know anyone. And then the pandemic hit and it's hard. We met online. She lives here. We've hung out a number of times, have a blast. And we are scheduled for a hot date Friday to hang out, have Ooh. a little small talk and then have a little big talk. So I am I'm very much looking forward we had a episode on making friends, right? And it's always just very, it's always a win when you meet someone, you click and it's just, you're excited to hang out with them. So yes, it's such a huge win. It just, it feels like a weight being lifted off, right? When yeah. you feel like you've met a person that's like going to be one of your people, Yes, which is really yes. rare. It is yes. really rare for adults, especially, right? Right, right. I, I mean, she's way. just so easy to hang out with. I've never felt like socially awkward with her. Right. Mm. And so like oh. another win. So, so yeah. important. So I'm excited for the hang. Sarah's awesome. Everyone go back and listen to that episode. Yes. Episode 72 with Sarah. Okay. So warriors, we love you so much. Thank you for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed having this chat. Mm -hmm. um, if you'd like to connect with us for any reason, you can uh, find us on Instagram. We're at anxiety warriors podcast. Or you can feel free to shoot us an email at anxietywarriorspodcast at gmail.com. Shout out your wins of the week. Give us some topic ideas, things you'd love to hear us share about. Or if you think you'd be a great fit as a guest on our show, you have an anxiety journey you'd like to share about, hit us up. Let's mm -hmm. get connected and um, have non-small talky conversation about anxiety. Yes. <laughs> and get your episode um, up and ready to be on our show. And we'd love to connect with you uh, to have you on. If you can, please take two seconds and smash that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in right now. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hop into our show notes and um, head on over to our merch shop. Our Threadless shop has so much kick-ass stuff over there with our Anxiety Warriors podcast swag, and you can support our show in style. Mm -hmm. Thank you all so much for going on this journey with us. We are so grateful that we get to do this with you every week. Until next time, we love you.